Good evening. Our text for this Good Friday records the very first events on that fateful day. After supper on Thursday night, Jesus takes his disciples to a garden to pray. And we pick up the story very early in the morning on Friday. Listen now to John chapter 18. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servants and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I do pray that you would come and meet with us by your spirit. Help us to receive and rest upon Christ, who is our crucified Savior, this Good Friday, as we hear this, your word. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm sure many of you have seen the story floating around on social media recently, which is a testimony from a doctor who's working against COVID-19 in Italy. Here's what the doctor said. What we have seen and done in our hospital for the past three weeks has been nothing but a nightmare. First, a small stream, then growing like a large river, a dozen and then hundreds have flowed. Now we're not doctors, but select men. It is the selectors who decide who should live and who should be sent home to die. Until two weeks ago, we and many of my colleagues were atheists. I used to look at my parents at church and mock them. But then a 75-year-old clergyman arrived here nine days ago. A poor man, he was struggling to breathe. But he always had a Bible in his hand. He reads it to the patients who are dying. Now two of my colleagues have passed away. Some are sick and in total despair. As human beings, we have reached our limits. There is nothing we could do except increase the death toll to the people we care about. But we began, we began to notice the priest's work. We began to feel that God begins where man ends. Slowly, we approached the priest and started talking. I think we know what this doctor means when he says that it feels like man is ending. At one point or another, we will all reach the end of ourselves. Everyone will realize that we do not have the resources or the ability to get us out of the mess we're in. Whether disease or sickness or sin or brokenness or death itself, 
all these things seem to have the last word in the human story. But the doctor is highlighting that so often when we come to the bottom of ourselves, God shows up. When man came to the end of himself for the very first time, God showed up and went looking for him. Walking in the cool of the garden, Adam and Eve were nowhere to be found. Something had gone wrong. So he began calling out to them, Adam, Eve, where are you? Then a small, shame-filled voice responded back, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Who told you this? asked God. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat? The woman you gave me did it, responds Adam. The serpent deceived me, cries Eve. The biblical story since the very beginning of Adam and Eve is a story of mankind coming to the end of himself. Sometimes a story picks up and we find an almost, but there's always a fatal flaw. Moses strikes the rock in anger. David notices Bathsheba bathing on a roof. Solomon's heart goes astray. The people that hoped so high now come to an end. I think I speak for everyone when I say that I hate this virus. I hate the death. I hate the social distancing, the economic difficulties, the lack of control that we have over our lives. And I hate the fact that a global pandemic is needed to show us and remind humanity that we are but dust. One social commentator says it this way, a sense of frailty is everywhere. It is not only society that feels shaky, so does the human position in the world. But it is precisely into this that Good Friday speaks. If the storyline of this world seems like one of brokenness, fragility, death, and ending, Good Friday tells us the story that God in his grace shows up to begin something new. Did you notice where Jesus took his disciples? He took them to one of his favorite spots, up the Mount of Olives, and into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. In the cool of the morning, before the sun has yet come up over the horizon, Judas is now looking for Jesus. And John really wants us to notice Judas. He repeats Judas's name three times in verses 2 three, and five, because John wants us to remember that the last time we saw Judas in John chapter 13, Satan had just entered into him so that he might betray Jesus. And now, through the evil one, Judas is somehow leading a band of Jewish guards and Roman soldiers into the dark to snuff out the light of the world. It's hard to miss the irony of this scene. The accuser again enters a garden. But instead of using a snake, this time he uses Judas. He has come again to destroy the image of God, but instead of it being Adam and Eve, it is now the ultimate image of God, the Son of God. But when Satan entered into that first garden, Adam didn't say anything. He allowed the serpent to lie. He disobeyed, and the whole of human race plunged into sin and death. Paul says it succinctly in Romans chapter 5, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, and death reigned through that one man. But Jesus is different. He stands and he confronts his accuser. Whom do you seek? The men carrying torches and lanterns and weapons speak his name, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus responds with an echo of the divine name, I am he. 
Jesus records, excuse me, John records seven I am statements where Jesus compares himself to something like bread and light and a vine and five I am statements that stand alone. This is the last of those 12 statements and the one that has the greatest reaction. Like all men who come face to face with the great I am, the soldiers draw back and fall to the ground. I think it is comforting to hear Jesus speak these words. With them, he reminds us that he is in complete control of this situation. One commentator puts it simply, throughout his passion, Jesus is sovereign. He's not a victim. The cross is a fate that he has chosen voluntarily and that he controls. When the world is a mess and everything seems to be breaking around us, we need to be reminded that Jesus is in control. He knows what he's doing. And he chooses willingly to walk with these sinful men to a mock trial and a sham crucifixion. Verses 12 to 14 tell us where the soldiers take them, take him to Annas, the high priest emeritus. Now, Annas has completed his high priesthood 18 years before, but he's since used his position of power and authority and influence to appoint his five sons as high priests in succession. And now Caiaphas, his son-in-law, is the current high priest. In this episode, we see even more irony. Here, Jesus, who has just prayed his high priestly prayer in John 17, who is the great high priest of God who will offer himself for the sins of the people, who who will die to bring orphans and widows before the presence of God, now comes before this sham of a high priest who has used all of his influence and position and power and authority just for himself and his family. So why? Why would Jesus do this? Why walk into this trial? Verses 9 and 14 give us the answer. Of those whom you gave me, verse 9 says, I have lost not one. Verse 14, it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. You see, Jesus has come to rescue his people. By having the soldiers repeat who they're after, Jesus enables his disciples to go free. And by accepting this mock trial, Jesus will die for the people. The story of Good Friday is that God is going to begin something where man is full of endings. But it's more than that. The story of Good Friday is that on the cross, in the person of Jesus, God himself came to an end in place of man. All of the foibles and sins of Adam will die when Jesus meets his end. All of the sadness and sickness and death and disease will be destroyed when Jesus meets his end. All of the times that you and I have said yes to temptation and let the serpent speak into your life, Jesus is bringing to an end. And every person who has come to the end of himself and places his trust in this crucified Savior, will find a new beginning. One theologian says it well, the true high priest will be sent to his death by the false one, so that through his death, God will rescue his people. The true Adam will be sent to his death by the false ones, so that the garden may be restored, and instead of bloodshed, there will be healing and forgiveness. Or maybe just from Paul, By one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous, who receive the abundance of grace through the one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, 
When mankind ends, God begins. But the goodness of the Lord has always intended that when we come to an end of ourselves in Christ, we too will walk in a new beginning. Listen to the end of the Italian doctor's story. Truth be told, we who were atheists until yesterday, now we pray to God for peace. Pray for us to help care for the sick. The courage that was supposed somehow, excuse me, the courage that was supposed to be lost has somehow returned. We are more energetic now. Yesterday that 75-year-old priest died. He helped to give us the peace we never expected in just nine days when all hope was shattered. Remembering that we were helped by his weakness, the good shepherd went to the Lord. Now I realize that I am nothing on this earth, but I will live like that priest until my last breath for others. I am happy to have returned to my God. You see, the end of this doctor's story is just the beginning of a whole new life. On this Good Friday, may you remember that in Christ, the end of yourself is the beginning of grace in the Lord. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I do pray that you would come and meet us with this beautiful story. Help us to live into it and walk in it and see in ourselves our end. Help us to come to the end of ourselves so that we would find a new beginning in Christ Jesus, our crucified Savior. In his name we pray. Amen.